Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalanorkas. Today was the pre-event media day for the Portuguese Grand Prix at the Algarve International Circuit near Portimao. And that is the subject for our latest bite-sized and hands-free podcast. I'm with Luke Smith, Autosport's F1 reporter, and we are driving back from the track, having spent the day uh, listening to all the big news stories breaking, and there was a fair bit today. Uh, but my highlight, Luke, was Daniel Ricciardo saying that he liked my surname in the Renault press session that I attended and asked a question of him. Uh, but yeah, what was your highlight? I think that was my highlight as well. You know, it's all—it's always very nice seeing a bit, a bit, a bit of banter between the drivers. We had a, a nice moment as well when Max Verstappen asked another journalist about his uh, where his play seat had gone in his his living room. Obviously, the drivers on the Zoom interviews can see into the backgrounds and all our lives, basically. So uh, yeah, but no, it was, a, it was a very busy, very um, very good day though. Like lots of good news stories coming out of it, as I'm sure we're going to get into. Well, I dread to think what the drivers would think about the uh, the background of my living room when I was doing races remotely, but there we go, not to get bogged down in these things. And I'm glad that Daniel Ricciardo found him, finding my name good was uh, the highlight of your day, Luke. Um, but it was, as I said, a pretty busy news day, and in fact, quite a lot of it broke as we were driving into the circuit, and then I had a bit of a saga finding the uh, the accreditation centre to get our car parking pass, but uh, that's not a very uh, exciting story for the listeners, uh, although I did eventually uh, get in. Um, but yes, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen announced that neither of them will be a part of the Haas Formula One team next year. Now, there's been a bit of speculation about this in the week, but were we taken a little bit by surprise in terms of like the general way things were, were done this morning, would you say? I think the rapid timing of it, yes. I think this is something that, as you say, we've sort of been anticipating for a little while that there will be change at Haas. 
Uh, Gunter Steiner, he's always sort of said that everything was open for Haas uh, moving into next year. After Roman Grosjean's pretty impressive drive into the points at the Nürburgring, uh, he said that we can't get too emotional about these things. We can't sort of like get head up and think that will change anything for next year, which kind of was a, a bit of an inkling as to where things were going. And uh, yeah, then on our way into the track this morning, it started with uh, Roman Grosjean announcing via Facebook that he would be leaving Haas at the end of the season. That post was then deleted, and uh, I understand that there was actually a mix-up over the timing of the announcement and uh, when the drivers should post it on social media, and uh, that led to Roman Grosjean breaking his own embargo about his exit, basically. Um, so he deleted that Facebook post, or I'm assuming it's one of his social media lackeys probably did it for him, and uh, then uh, re-uploaded it when Kevin Magnussen also announced his departure from the team as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was it was all done in one fell swoop, and I think that with a lot of drivers leaving teams, it's kind of very, it's often very truncated, particularly if there's a, a complete driver change. It's very rare that a team will put out a statement saying neither of our drivers will be coming back next year but that's exactly what Haas did uh, they followed the uh, drivers announcement uh, driver announcements with their own statement confirming the team's plans uh, for 2021 that they would not feature either Grosjean or Magnussen but we're still left in the dark as to uh, who will be taking those two seats uh, I uh, went to a media session with uh, Gunther Steiner he spoke uh, at about uh, midday today and he was very, very coy. And he said that uh, really he's got no news to give on that and nothing to really say. And um, I said to him, well, you said a few weeks back that you've got this short list of about 10 drivers you're considering. What's it down to now? And he laughed and he said, I'm not going to get into numbers. I'm not going to think about it. Uh, we've got an idea of some of the names uh, who could well be filling that seat next year. Uh, Nikita Mazepin appears to be the favourite. Uh, the Formula 2 driver obviously will come with uh, significant backing from Russia. Uh, but then also a potential of a Ferrari junior landing up there as well. Uh, Mick Schumacher, his name has been linked a lot in recent weeks uh, as Antonio Giovinazzi sort of edges towards a reprieve at Alfa Romeo for another season so uh, yeah lots of lots of news coming out of Haas definitely and uh, yeah big changes coming for the American team uh, going into 2021. Uh, well, well done there, Luke, for, um, for for coping in your in your monologue and your explanation of me uh, unexpectedly coming across a, a bridge and having to give way to another driver. I think our Saturn Abbey's uh, decided to take us on a bit of a scenic route on the way home today, but it's actually quite dark because we're leaving the track, having run it, which will we get we shall get onto later in the episode. Now, um, yeah, staying on the subject of the Haas drivers and everything changing, how because they obviously both uh, they obviously both spoke today in in their in their media uh, pre-event press conference. How did they react? What were both Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen saying? about the, the decision. Uh, they were fairly at peace with it. So uh, Gunter Steiner said that the decision was made about two to three weeks ago and that the drivers were informed last week. So obviously they've had a lot of time to sort of digest things and uh, come to terms with it. I don't think either driver will see it as a, a huge surprise given that they've hardly sort of blown the doors off each other or anything this season. So, uh, but no, they were both sort of like very, very circumspect, very much like we're open to all options. Grosjean, he's been sort of making noises for quite a while now that he uh, is looking at options in other series. Uh, he's openly said he wants to talk to Peugeot about their WEC uh, Le Mans hypercar project that's uh, coming in the near future. We also know that he undertook some simulator testing with Mahindra uh, last week as well. So there's a possibility that he could end up at informally at some point in the future. Maybe not with Mahindra though, because we know, although not announced, we've got a good idea of what their lineup is going to be for the coming season. And it's been set as far as I understand. So I don't know exactly where informally he would land, but 
it's good to sort of see him get a grip for the series. Uh, but it's an option, definitely, moving forward. Kevin Magnussen, I mean, and to be fair to Magnussen, he has always been very honest about having sort of horizons broader than F1. To him, it's not F1 or bust. Um, he said in the past that he'd like to do Le Mans with his dad, Jan Magnussen, obviously a long-serving uh, Corvette factory driver at some point in the future. And IndyCar as well is another place that he'd like to uh, have a go for. He was asked directly about IndyCar today, and he said that, well, F1 is looking difficult for next year, but so is IndyCar. A lot of the seats are filling up. Up. Um, but it's 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 an option. Like, it'd be really cool if we could, I think, see Magnussen end up there. And I think the thing that both drivers said was that I want to win again. Like Magnussen said, I really miss what it feels like to be winning winning races and fighting at the front. And I think a, a project that could give both of them that opportunity is something they'd be really excited about. Um, with regards to the actual departure itself, uh, Roman Grosjean was very honest and he said that uh, Gunther Steiner called him up and informed him of the decision and said it's for financial reasons, which is not something that Steiner was sort of quite, uh, quite willing to go as far to say very openly in his own session but given the sort of drivers they are looking at it's quite clear that a pay driver moving forward is something I think Haas want to do for a little bit of funding to, to help that situation uh, but honestly it looks like this is the last that we're going to see of uh, Roman Grosjean and probably Kevin Magnussen in Formula 1 and uh, Grosjean obviously he's had a, quite a, a long and up and down career in F1 um, he said that he's pretty resigned so I think that there aren't many seats left for next season uh, but he came up with quite a, a nice wholesome anecdote and there's been a lot of wholesome Roman Grosjean content recently but he said that he was talking to his son about it who's seven years old and his son turned around and, and he said like oh it seems pretty impossible his son turned around and said daddy in impossible there's a possible so that's warming words for all of us i think i mean that is possibly the corniest thing i've ever heard <laughs> from roman grosjean's young son but uh, we won't be too harsh on on the young guy there although i have to say you're speaking about roman grosjean and his family i uh, i did a feature for autosport magazine a few years ago cooking several of the dishes from the cookbook that he has produced uh, with his wife and i have to say absolutely delicious so yeah was it better than the pizza that you cooked at the nurburgring quite significantly yes <laughs> uh, no there was no glaring error in that in fact fortunately for me and my uh, my cooking mistake on the dishes did not involve cooking anything at all because the salmon was uh, marinating in, uh, in lemon juice cooking it that way but anyway we uh, we absolutely digress now there was obviously um was uh, was more news coming out of the paddock today and uh, a lot of it concerned lance stroll and racing point obviously the uh, the news breaking yesterday by stroll himself that uh, he had in fact tested positive uh, for covid19 after he got back from his aborted event at the nurburgring when nico hulkenberg uh, took over his seat for the race uh, ahead of qualifying um yeah, Stroll saying that you know every test he took was negative for COVID. He spoke to his uh, his private doctor, who's, who seems to say, to say this is what the team released in a statement yesterday. His private doctor said that uh, the symptoms he was describing didn't sound like COVID, but when he got home to Switzerland, uh, indeed he did test positive. Uh, and obviously uh, he was asked he was asked quite a lot about that. A, a grilling, some would say, of Lance Stroll, who is not always the most forthcoming with answers, even when things are going particularly well. Um, yeah, what was uh, what, what what did you make of that Lance Stroll uh, sort of uh, saga this afternoon, Luke? It is all a little bit of a mystery, I think. And I think that some big questions have been asked about the whole process and the protocols, both on the FIA side and Racing Point side. Now, the FIA have always made clear that it is the onus on the stakeholder and the competitor, in this case Racing Point, to come forward and say that our driver is unwell and therefore needs a retest or whatever. And uh, as you say, that Lance Stroll, he said... Um, He's obviously revealed yesterday that he had tested positive and uh, Racing Point put out its own statement. And then Otmar Safnau did a, a session this morning as well talking about it all. And Safnau's story had changed from uh, two 
two weeks ago at the Nürburgring. Initially, he said that uh, Stroll had been uh, not well since the, the Russian Grand Prix, that he'd been struggling with uh, flu-like symptoms and an upset stomach and uh, fatigue as well. Obviously, all symptoms of COVID-19. But today, uh, Safnau, all he said that all he said that Lance Stroll had was an upset stomach. So the story changed a little, a little bit. And then, yeah, it did result in a bit of a grilling for Lance Stroll. He was asked why after the symptoms worsened with his upset stomach, in particular on Saturday uh, when he pulled out of the race, that he did not get tested immediately, that he flew back to Switzerland for then getting a test on the Sunday. And he said, oh, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but he spoke to his doctor and his doctor hadn't recommended uh, a COVID-19 test. But it does turn out that his doctor did all of this over the phone, uh, didn't interact with Stroll, didn't have a chance to sort of uh, get an assessment of Stroll's uh, condition in the flesh and uh, yeah it was sort of it's all been a bit of a sorry saga and it has resulted in uh, the FIA warning racing point about its its uh, conducts within the COVID-19 protocols we've already seen it a couple of times this year uh, with Ferrari uh, Charles Leclerc he received a warning for going back to Monaco and uh, socializing with some friends between the two Austria races and Sebastian Vettel he got a slap on the for an interaction with uh, the Red Bull guys uh, in Austria as well I believe and uh, obviously breaking bubbles which seems to be pretty much the norm within the paddock nowadays but that is by the by but uh, yes a bit of a, a bit of a sorry saga at racing point I don't think it's one that anyone has particularly come out uh, very well of uh, maybe apart from Nico Hulkenberg who uh, who again was talked up uh, by his uh, brief teammates this season both Perez and Lance Stroll uh, both of whom said he did an excellent job and it would be very deserving of a place back on the F1 grid in the future well now staying with uh, racing point sort of in terms of uh, one of their current drivers or soon to be former driver Sergio Perez been a little bit of speculation about his future in Formula 1 and where he might be moving to and it also involves the Haas team as well because in the shuffle of uh, potentially Mazepin coming in maybe alongside a Ferrari junior most likely Mick Schumacher if he uh, ends up being the F2 champion um, it could well shake out that Sergio Perez uh, becomes an attractive candidate for Williams, which uh, has a bit led to a lot of speculation about George Russell's future with the team, despite the fact that both he and Nicholas Latifi apparently have contracts for next year. So, yeah, Luke, what was uh, it was uh, what what were both drivers saying about that situation and about 2021 and what might happen? So George Russell was quite straightforward about it. He said that he has a contract for next year, that nothing's changed. Uh, obviously, him and teammate Nicholas Latifi, they were formally confirmed by Williams back in July, but that was under the previous management uh, with the Williams family. So now that Doralton Capital have come in, things may change a little, little bit. It's why that Perez has sort of come on the radar for Williams, because ultimately, if they are looking for two drivers who are bringing backing, uh, Nicholas Latifi obviously does bring sizable income from uh, Canada, and Perez has a, a very attractive array of sponsorship, and he's also a very talented driver as well let's not forget but uh, that's why he sort of popped up on the radar perhaps for, for uh, Doralton um, I asked Sergio Perez about it and he, he was very coy he was like look I don't really want to talk about it I want to be sort of respectful for any conversations I'm having with anyone uh, but he uh, hoped that he could have some news about his future pretty soon so that's a, a positive sign for him but obviously for George Russell it would sort of be it would be a massive blow I mean losing a driver of his caliber from the grid would be a, a huge disappointment he said that ultimately if he has any reason to become concerned about his future he'll talk to Mercedes who uh, are his managers obviously he's a member of the Mercedes junior program as well but uh, yeah it's sort of a, another late twist in the driving market potentially and uh, George Russell as much as he may be saying I've, I've got a contract in place and that's not changed that's the exact line that obviously Sergio Perez was trotting out uh, a racing point when he was talking about next year before Sebastian Vettel was confirmed as, as his replacement and uh, a clause was triggered to uh, release Sergio Perez for 2021 so uh, yeah that's definitely a story for us to keep an eye on uh, looking ahead into the final embers of silly season 
Well, now as we come on to our final uh, segment of this bite-sized podcast, just uh, quickly wrap through another couple of lines. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, I thought it was interesting. Uh, he said that uh, discussions about his future. He hopes to have some news in the next couple of months, which I thought, well, that takes us up to January, Lewis, because we are actually rather close to the end of 2020, even though it. I tell you what, it doesn't feel it. Feel it in this year of years, horrible year of years. Let's face it, with the pandemic, and yet in other news, as we very briefly touched upon hilariously at the start of the episode, I'm sure Daniel Ricardo pronounced my surname perfectly when he brought it up in the Renault press conference. But, uh, but anyway, I thought that was rather funny. Yes, we shall end talking about the Portimao track. Uh, oh, interesting actually to uh, to follow on on one of the podcasts we had. I think it might have been the uh, Saturday night podcast we did at the Eiffel Grand Prix, and we talked about the Autosport Style Guide requiring us to call it the Algarve International Circuit at all times. That has in fact changed i don't know if that's on a permanent basis but certainly for this weekend uh because of uh, for various very sensible editorial and also seo uh, reasons when it comes to creating online articles we are going to be calling it portamao so if anybody thinking of writing in and telling us that we're suddenly getting it incorrect by the by the uh, terms of our own rules we are not we uh, we rewrite the rules so we can do what we like effectively but anyway massive digression there uh yes uh, luke you and i we ran the track uh, just now before we're heading home having concluded all our work in the media center um I found it rather enjoyable actually it was it was very very up and down like all the drivers being asked about it today are oh, it's undulating it's fun I think in the uh, Renault uh, preview Esteban Ocon described it as a roller coaster and I have to say I agree with him it was very very interesting there are certain moments where because the, the hills are so sharp but short you're actually just looking up at sky there's just nothing else there and, it, and I think when the cars when the drivers are in the cars and sitting low to the ground they're definitely going to be feeling like uh, they'll be uh, shooting up into the sky a bit like uh, a short versions of the Turn 1 at Austin um, in terms of running it around I thought it was very enjoyable it wasn't as quite as lung busting as the Nürburgring but yeah Luke how did you how did you get on? Yeah, I thought it was all right. It was good fun. Um, it is very, very undulating, as you say. And I think um, this is a track that, because there's not, let's face it, not really been a lot of uh, top-line international racing here in the past. It's not really a track that I knew. So I was kind of running a lot of it. And normally, knowing you had where exactly you're going. And I was kind of thinking, is this the final corner? Like, are we going to come around? And, oh, no, there's another hill. So it was um, it was quite uh, quite tricky at times. But, no, uh, really enjoyable. And, like, just running around, I, I stopped a few times to take a photo and thought, oh, it's, like, really beautiful, very sort of nice having the, the sort of roll hills of the Algarve in the background and uh, just that the drivers tomorrow I think are going to have a lot of fun on it like it is really up and down um, even on the rundown to turn one it's like a, a big sort of downhill dip then it goes up again and down and up and up and it's um, yeah I think just really 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 enjoyable I must say a good, a good track run a nice sort of mix of things and uh, it was only the only sort of gutting moments was when um, yeah as you say you're sort of going up up one of the hills all you can see is sky basically and you're kind of thinking, thinking like, okay, right, this is the final corner. Surely it's going to go downhill now. And no, it just doesn't. So, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be something for all the drivers to uh, really get their teeth into, I think, over the weekend. But it should make for a really challenging and interesting race, I think. You stopped to take a couple of photos in your track run. Well, that explains why you didn't catch me, because I was expecting you to come flying past looking over my shoulder the entire time. But anyway, Luke, we must bring this bite-sized podcast to an end. Uh, we are very nearly back at our accommodation. So thank you very much for joining me on this episode. And thanks to everybody listening along. Now, just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine came out today and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents, as well as on the doormats of subscribers. And don't forget, if you'd like to subscribe to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport Podcast.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is Shaquille O'Neal. Do you ever scream at your printer, call it naughty names, or hurl empty ink cartridges across the room? You likely suffer from cartridge conniptions caused by ink cartridges constantly running out of ink. Thankfully, the Epson EcoTank printer is the perfect cure. It's cartridge-free, conniption-free, prescription-free, with big ink tanks and a ridiculous amount of ink. So you can finally kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. The Epson EcoTank, just fill and chill. Available at Target and Walmart. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.